Welcome to the Silver Screen and Roll podcast. I'm Anthony Irwin. I'm joined by Harrison Fagan. Harrison, I don't even know how we're going to lead people into this conversation. I don't even know. Like, I'm just going to ask you how you're doing just because I don't know what like pithy joke to make before we ask such an existential qu- question. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm doing all right. I'm doing, I was not expecting this, uh, this wide ranging of a, of a lead in, but I, I'm, I was doing great until you completely just threw me off by doing that. And <laughs> yeah, but like, I'm good. I'm as, I'm as good as someone can be in 2021. I am, I am employed and healthy. Are you excited? Are you excited about where we're going with the, uh, with WandaVision? Yes, I am actually. I I th- I have some theories that I'm not going to share here just in case like people aren't caught up on the show or you know like I don't want to inadvertently spoil stuff for people but like I mean I, I thought I it was kind of crazy they already reintroduced Iron Man. Like I just thought it's too soon. It does cheapen the ending of Endgame a little bit. <laughs> like that he's already back as yeah. like now I'm assuming a recurring character for the rest of the season. Yeah, and I didn't even know why Dumbledore was there. I I'm yeah. just I mean, look, I guess people were excited about the MCU crossovers, and now they're just like, we're just going to cross over with everything. So Yeah, more crossovers than Allen Iverson. Like, I, I just thought it was weird that they preemptively announced that he's actually going to take over in Doctor Strange 2. But uh, <laughs> I guess, you know, like uh, Benedict Cucumber Bund is uh, out of a job. Uh, he'll probably just be the new, like, <laughs> Doctor Strange will be in Harry Potter universe. Yeah, like, I, I'm, yeah. I'm here for that. I, yeah, I'd, I'd you know, that. look, I think we just pitched a, an award-winning movie right now. Like, <laughs> honestly, the guy who played Dumbledore sucked anyway. So, just bringing in Doctor Strange. Yeah, the first the first Dumbledore was the goat, and then it was like all downhill after that. Very much so. All right, we are not going to talk about. I'm not even kidding. This is a this is Harrison kind of came up with this idea on the fly while we were show prepping. And it completely threw me off. I love the topic. I'm pissed that I didn't think of it myself. It ended up being way better than what we were originally going to talk <laughs> about. Better. too. And we had been talking about all day. Just, yeah, but yeah. Uh, so I, I'm just going to come out and ask the question, Harrison, the Lakers are struggling. Should we actually care? Well, so of course, hot take and not in like an existential way, like not like, oh, it's just sports and there's so many things going on or whatever. No, Anthony, we should not care because there are serious (laughs) things going on in the world. And like, look, to some degree, that is true. (laughs) (laughs) But this is a sports podcast and we don't need to get that existential. I just saw in real time <laughs> Harrison like getting the realization I'm out. like, wait, I can't do a parody. <laughs> just, this is actually true. Just, just clipping, just clipping <laughs> that, that 10 second clip. I'm like, and I gotta, just, you just realize, oh my God. Oh my I'm God, I guy. can't make a joke about this. This is, <laughs> no, look, yes, to some degree that is true. And I got to steer away from the skid there a little bit. And like, but this is a sports podcast, ostensibly, uh, when we are not talking about Dumbledore on WandaVision. Uh, and like, so I think just in the context of sports, should we care about this? I'm Color me shocked. <laughs> He's literally crying. I'm sorry, everyone. Uh, color me shocked that hot take Anthony is coming in here. Like, Oh, the Lakers are struggling. Like Anthony, I, do you know how many of their, how many games the Lakers have won in a row? Is it like four? It's five. It's uh, it's actually their longest losing or their longest winning streak of the season. Uh, it's a tie for their longest winning streak of the season. Well, they have thing, won. They've won eight of their last ten games. One thing I and always this look is, for this with is struggling. 
Yeah. Well, one thing I always look for with teams that are playing the best basketball of their season is double overtime against Detroit and overtime against the Oklahoma City Thunder. Look, all I'm saying is if Detroit makes the finals, the Lakers, you know, they may be in some trouble. Like <laughs> Detroit's kind of taking it to the nets like while we're recording this. It's no, wild. Detroit is like Detroit, I think honestly is like uniquely Detroit and like Cleveland are like uniquely well suited to capitalize on this Lakers team because they just have like 90 centers that have a lot of energy. And <laughs> yeah. so like during a regular season game when the Lakers don't really care enough to like exploit those guys, like they can kind of get away with this like we saw that this last year where the lakers would just overwhelm teams with their size and the lakers are almost getting the inverse done to them at times this year because they are a little bit more undersized with trez in there instead of uh instead of dwight yeah i just the nets i basically any team that plays hard consistently and the thunder are in this grouping too like they're just they're an annoying team to watch your team play against because especially if your team is you know, like the Lakers are in this category. I think uh, the Heat are in this category, except they aren't winning any of the games the way that the Lakers have been able to. Like these teams that are still reeling from last year's season uh, and and don't really have too much in terms of energy right now. When you go up against some of those other teams that do and did have, you know, upwards of six months between seasons, yeah, it's it's going to be a bit of a slog. But yeah, I, I want to I, I I'm legitimately curious where you're going to go with this, because I think there are a, a quite a few facets. And this is going to be one of those rare shows where one question is going to kind of steer us through the entirety of of the show, because there's so much to it. There's there's the basketball standpoint of this. There's the managing the season standpoint of this from a team perspective. There's a fan perspective of like. Well, it doesn't say much about the st- the state that the NBA is currently in when the the reigning champions is telling their fans to shut up. It's really not that big of a deal that we went well, to double overtime. To be clear, the reigning champions are not telling fans that, and like I am not telling anyone to shut up. I'm just saying, like, let's. Look you should have heard Harrison before the show. He was just like these freaking whiners just never get out of our silver screens mentions. They just never shut up. You just whine and they whine and they whine. (laughs) (laughs) No, so, like, I think, number one, it is, like, just the fact, like, I poked fun at it a second ago, but just the fact that we are even talking about this as a team that is struggling when they've won eight of their last ten. Yes, I had to recap that double overtime game against the Pistons. I understand (laughs) that that was a moral defeat, okay? And I understand that last night, as someone who had to edit a deadline recap, was a moral defeat. Um, But, like... That said, it does say something about how good this team is, I think, that, like, we are calling this struggling, even though they're winning. Like, there are a lot of teams where, like, if they had a couple nice, you know, if they had a couple, not nice, but a couple double overtime games or whatever, it's like, yeah, this is, you know, if we looked at this a different way, it's, wow, this really fatigued team that's coming off the shortest turnaround in NBA history, they're just, like, they really care, and they're showing up, and they're gritting their way out, and, like, finding a way to win these games on nights when they clearly don't have it. Like, I'm not saying that that's how we should be looking at it, but there are other ways to look at this, especially since they're winning anyway, you know? And so, like, that's part of it for me, and the other part is... Like, to be honest, like, yeah, they deserve to lose their last two games. Like, no complaints for me here. Like, no, like, I'm not going to argue with that. And they really should have lost those games. They found ways to win them. And, like, but even if they had lost, you know, I I don't think that I'd be that upset 
either way. Like, I don't think that the result is really changing it because I think what we're seeing is, like, especially last night, you know, like, Alex Caruso is out. He jammed two of his fingers. They're just clearly being really cautious with him. That doesn't sound like it's something that's, like, that serious. But I think, like, with a guy like that, like, you know, you know he's going to be important. You don't want him taking more bumps and bruises, trying to overcompensate overcompensate for something against a team like the Thunder, especially one that plays that hard, like we were talking about, and mm-hmm. is constantly running guys through screens and stuff like that. And like and he like just can't turn himself off. No, he can't. Like, he doesn't have, like, a, him and Trez are similar in this regard, where they don't really have, like, a, you know, like a, they don't have settings. Like, in, they in have on and off. gear. It's, yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's like stopped or turbo. Yeah, exactly. And so like and stopped is they're out of the lineup because if they're out there, it's in turbo mode, regardless right. of if they have it or not, or if they're playing well. And so like the fact that they're, you know, kind of not playing well in these games, especially considering, you know, again, all that context that we mentioned, like shortest turnaround in NBA history, expedited season, a season where lots of teams are having letdown games because everyone is like you know, and I don't say this to like make light of this or psychoanalyze, but like everyone's depressed right now. It's not just the NBA players. Everyone in the world to some degree is a little bit depressed right now, a little bit out of it. No one's quite giving it their all to work. Like it's just, you know, it's just hard for me to get that worked up about this and like think that this is anything. Like I'm not saying that there's nothing that we can take away from these things because I understand like you're going to have some counterpoints here and like all that stuff and I'll let you make those. But like, So I understand that there are things to take away from these games and whatever. Like, I'm not saying that it doesn't matter at all. I'm just saying that I think with the point of the season that they're at, especially given the lineup context the last two games, especially given that it's opponents that they can't really bring themselves to get up for that much. Like, I'm just not... Like, I'm not super worried about this, and I'm not super worried about them losing by one point to the Sixers a couple weeks ago or, you know, in a game where they only tried for about seven minutes. And, like, I'm not super worried about them, like, losing to the Pistons on the second night of the back-to-back after they almost went overtime the night before on the road during a long road trip. Like, just nothing that I've seen, if you look at it individually in a vacuum— is sounding alarm bells for me. And I just wonder, uh, maybe alarm bells is too extreme, but I just wonder yeah. if you feel differently. Yeah. Alarm bells. I'm, I, it would take a lot for me to get to alarm bells. I, I think I want to, to hold off on, on giving counterpoints until the other side of the break. But before we get to that, though, I, I do want to say like, one of the, one of the factors here that I don't think I've seen pointed out too often is the relative lack of another team in their class. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you look at, I've, I've done tiers basically, and I always prefer tiers to power rankings or lists or anything like that. Cause I think that allows for a little bit more nuance, but I, uh, I've been focusing really on tiers for, for stretches of the season, especially for locked on NBA, which you can hear, uh, I'm on there Fridays. Shut up. Just stop, <laughs> stop coming on here and just plugging your other stuff. <laughs> But uh, you know, honestly, I have to respect how seamlessly you work it in every week. Like it's actually really well. You just like I, I it sounds like you're making a normal point and then you're like, oh, also go listen to this other thing. <laughs> uh but yeah, I would say I would say that like while I've been focused on that and talking to Adam a bunch, and then obviously like you and I both have we have a lot of interaction with other people who cover other cover other teams. And I don't think I can v- really recall very mother, very many other instances where 
there was such kind of clear. We just had Mo on last week, and he was he was right there with me, saying that like it's the Lakers and it's everybody else. This this kind of how how short your memory is to not just go back like two years ago to the Warriors and well no, but even then, like even then, there were quite a few people, especially in Cleveland, who would say, "I, I don't know the I final like to two years LeBron. of the Warriors." I don't think so. Like I don't know. I mean, like the Warriors. I don't think anybody. There were, there were a lot of people who who. I count myself among them who were really bummed when J.R. Smith dribbled in the wrong direction because that, that was like, oh, crap, we might actually get a series here. And then he did that, then it was over, right? That was the that was their chance at sneaking a, a win and maybe making that. Now, the Warriors were, were definitely, I think, better, but I don't think it was to the same extent that the Lakers are better than everybody else this year. I, I, I just don't. I, I honestly don't know if I agree with that. I, I actually think that the Warriors were further ahead of the rest. I'm not saying that those Warriors team, like this is not a hypothetical, would this Warriors yeah. team beat this Lakers? I just think that that team specifically was further ahead than the rest of the pack. And I think like a little bit of recency bias is maybe clouding your, uh, like your judgment on this, or maybe yeah, we just I mean, see it differently. But I can, I can, I, it might be that, but I, I can remember like then at that time, Thinking to myself, because they only they won what they won two championships with KD, yeah, right, and they lost the no, year before KD. No, yeah, it was two. It was two. It was two. Yeah, so they 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 didn't three peat. We know that. So they they so they lost the year before KD. Then the year the they won the year before they lost that one, right? Mm-hmm. Then they lost to the Raptors, and it was over. And, no, well, they repeated with KD, and then they were going for right, the three-peat. Right, yeah. so they went, they, went, they went championship, no championship, two in a row, over. Yeah. Because right? they, they lost to— And I'm just talking about the KD era. Obviously, the pre-KD right. area, I don't <laughs> think anybody thought the Warriors were that far ahead. Like, but the KD ones, I just don't really think that there were, was anyone really saying, like, oh, no, I really think the Cavs are going to beat them. Like, Really think is strong. I, mean, I think I would agree with you there. But I, thought, I, thought, I always thought LeBron had a puncher's chance in those finals. That's fair. Know? It just, it just, I, and I don't know that I can say that there are very many teams that have a puncher's chance against the Lakers right now. Like, I just don't. Yeah. And, and like, and look, I, to, your, to your point of class, before we get to your counterpoints and everything, like to, mm-hmm. to your point of classes, like the Lakers are like, they're 19 and six right now. They are half a game back of the number one seed in the West. Like Utah is just winning a ridiculous amount of games They're They are playing and coming to play every single night in a way that the Lakers are not. And so like, and then you look and you know, you look to the Eastern conference, like the bucks are 16 and eight, like that's around where the Lakers are, but like, I mean, a little bit short, I guess. And like, you know, nobody's buying buck stock of like, they're clearly the best team in the league again. And I think they're dealing with a little bit of malaise and all of that stuff of like, they've gone all out the last couple of regular seasons. So why are we going to do that again? If we're just going to flame out, uh, you mm-hmm. know, I don't, I'm, they are, don't necessarily believe that, but like the last couple of years going all out in the regular season hasn't gotten them to where they want to go. So I think it's tough to summon the same enthusiasm to keep doing that when it's not leading to the results that you want. And then like, you know, like the Sixers have been good. They have a worse record than the Lakers. Nets aren't quite where the Lakers are. And there's a lot of context to that. Like, you know, they are, you know, for all of our talk of their struggles, and I know that there are real things that they have gone through, they are basically like almost have the best record in the league they're half a game back from that and they have like by far 
the top rated defense in the league and still a top 10 offense, despite kind of some of their recent struggles to score a little bit and especially from behind the arc. So I I just, I'm not saying there's nothing to be worried about and I know you're going to make the case, but uh, like, I just think that maybe we, and I know that this is the nature of this. Like we wouldn't be turning it, tuning into these games if we didn't care. I'm just saying like, you know, we on the, it's okay for them on the inside to be mad about these results or whatever. But for those of us on the outside, like I think that we do need to take a longer view picture of this even if we do you know root for them to win every single game yeah i i would just i would just kind of say that you know we we hear about this with michael jordan would tell you that he quit basketball because he didn't see somebody who was gonna kind of push him any further we saw the relationship that existed between bird and magic i think with this lakers team we're just kind of waiting for that still and this, and kind this of, Lakers team doesn't have the amount of doubters. And look, we people can laugh at the idea of d- people doubting last year's Lakers team, but they were what? Like most people considered them like maybe the third ranked team in the league uh, coming out of the last offseason. Like it was probably the Bucks and the Clippers and the Lakers. Like, so, I mean, it was all three of those teams, but I think there were a lot of people that had the Lakers third. And there were a mm-hmm. lot of guys with a lot to prove on that team and a lot of like quote unquote doubters for them to prove wrong and a lot of narratives for them to fight back against. And, this year, I just don't think that they have that. They came into the season with everyone picking them as the consensus favorite to repeat. Everyone saying that they were in a tier all by themselves because of how much talent they were at, able to add over the offseason. Like, when you combine that with the fatigue of what they just went through and them to a certain degree knowing that there are certain things that flips or switches that they can flip to be able to go at, like up a level when these games actually matter – I just think that there's a lot less reason for them to go as hard as they did in during in the regular season in almost every way, uh, like as yeah. opposed to last season. Absolutely. Let's take a quick second. When we come back, I'm gonna I'm gonna retort some of this from from a few different perspectives as to why it's not necessarily right to be concerned, and it's not even something I'm I'm, I'm even kind of losing sleep over. Uh, but but you know, just from just from a competitive standpoint. I don't think I'm ever really cool with saying like, eh, yeah, whatever. It's funny because we're having this conversation, as you said, about the Lakers, right? Regarding a a team that is at slash near the top of the league in terms of record has been like when they really do put their foot on the gas, like they're, they're so clearly they better good. than everybody else. Like, they, yes. like, like, like that's the thing that we should make sure that we mention at some point during this pod. Like yeah, when they like, want when it, they... <laughs> they look good. Like yeah. I remember. So it was funny. I, I was uh, during last night's game when, when against the thunder, I went back uh, and <clears throat> Jen and I were putting Avery down for bed and it was, a 12 point lead in, in OKC's favor. I came back and let, let out an audible. Oh shit. Cause it was now a four point game uh, that the Lakers had cut, you know, in, in the 30 seconds that it took to go and kiss Avery. Good night. Walk back into the living room. It was it the, the Lakers cut into that lead by eight points. And, and so, yeah, like that, this is this is a and conversation they would have run that the, you won that game in regulation, if not for a dumb foul by KCP at the end. Yeah. Oh yeah. Absolutely. Like, you know. If anything, so like, like we kind of wish that Schroeder's uh, foul hadn't been overturned. Yeah. Right. Like if that if that doesn't get overturned and they make a couple free throws, they don't go to overtime. But uh, you know, so with that said, it's funny to have this conversation. I see. I think the fact that we can have this conversation 
is a testament to how good they are, right? And and how not worried we actually technically are. Like, hell, just last night or the night before, Steve Kerr was out there saying that he's not going to play uh, Steph longer minutes to chase wins. Like, imagine being a Warriors fan and hearing that. You're in this playoff race. Uh, you, you have you don't know how many more series you're going to get of like special Steph. And his head coach is like, yeah, yeah, you know, this season's this season. I would have lost my mind. <laughs> I, well, we know I you would have. It doesn't take much to get you mad at a coach. Like, <laughs> I would have, I would have gone insane. And like, just think, you would have been and, leading fire Kerr, like the fire Kerr crowd, like during the KD years. You would have been like, well, this team could be better. Like, based on well, <laughs> they could, I, I, I would contend that Kerr didn't do almost anything for those. No, KD look, hey, whole separate thing. But I'm, I'm with you. Like, <laughs> But but like but so so I I just wanted to point that out for context before I say that while it isn't concerning, I I have no problem whatsoever with fans saying like well then why would we care, you know? And it's not even just Lakers fans, by the way. Like I think this is a league wide problem where the entire league has basically said, eh, we'll just get to the playoffs and 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 try to be as fresh as we possibly can. And, and like, I think that's, you know, that's, that's a problem with an 82 game season. In this case, it's 72 games. I think it's a problem with just like the general approach where it's, yeah, I think one of the things that this kind of generation or iteration of the league is, is a little too focused on the competitive respect of this versus the entertainment respect of this, where like they make millions of dollars because they're entertaining not because they go out and, and win. You know, the, the fact that in sports and professional sports, the, the point is to entertain us. If you can win, great. But if only winning was the reason why anybody would tune in, you're, you're rooting for a one in 30 kind of chance. I, <laughs> that doesn't, that math doesn't, doesn't equate to me. Well, yeah, this is a separate thing from the Lakers, but this almost gets at something that I, you know, I've been thinking about a lot while watching this team go through this season. Is you have this thing where nobody wants to play less games because that would cut them, cost them money. But then they're like, well, okay, but we got to be healthy for the games that we actually care about. So, like, we don't care about X, Y, and Z game, but also you fans should care and tune in to X, Y, and Z game. <laughs> right. Because then if you're not tuning in, then we don't get the paychecks. And right. it's like, yeah, you know, like, absolutely, again, but that's a whole that's, other that's, thing. But, that's part of my point here. That's yeah. part of my point is that, like, should we care from a purely basketball standpoint? No. <laughs> to, to answer the question, No. Uh, should we should be concerned about this from a basketball standpoint? Absolutely not. But from a league health perspective, absolutely. You have to convince like the reason the NFL is the monster that it is and the rate like the ratings beast that it is week in, week out while they are playing is because every single game matters. The reason why baseball is is a blip on the radar is because you play 163,000 games over the course of a season and the games and all, are 19 hours each like yeah. and they, and and by the way you get to this postseason where now they wanted to expand the playoffs and even if you do go through all 162 games that actually did matter you might run into a couple hot pitchers and that season that you went out and won 100 games in you run into the two wrong pitchers there your season's over so the, the the regular season is an absolute joke 
in baseball. And I think basketball is kind of heading in that same direction too. But like you're saying, you can't take out too too many games from the season because I they took out 10 in this year. They took out 10 games from this. Did it make any difference whatsoever in terms of the way that we approach a, a typical game on a Tuesday night in the NBA? Well, no. I, th- I think there's context there just in the sense of like these guys are like like a lot of them are beat up from the short turnaround. So I think it's mm-hmm. like if you took 72 games in a normal time period with a normal offseason, I think I some know, teams might approach it still a lot. They might approach it a little differently, though, than they have this year is my only point. Like there, there might be a little bit more. But yeah, I, I think that you'd honestly have to go to somewhere around 60 to get it to really feel like get like every game is a lot more meaningful. Well, part of the problem is that come postseason time, like, do you think LeBron is at all nervous about be, playing on an away team in the postseason? No, especially no. not now when they're probably going to have to go to Disney World again. Like, well, do, do you think Kevin Durant is is particularly worried about that? No, no, the Nets don't have fans anyway. <laughs> and, and for that same reason, you could say the same thing about the Clippers, right? Yeah, you so, think the Clippers? The Clippers are like, oh, cool, we got home court advantage, so it'll be fifty fifty in our stadium for these games so th- instead of so three of the biggest, if not the three biggest, three biggest tickets. That's right. Th- this is a good point. The NBA. <laughs> don't care where they fall on the postseason line. So then it doesn't matter if you set it at 72, 52, 22, just so long as like you play enough games to where these teams can separate each other going into an eight team per conference type of situation like that. That is, is to me, you know, just from an entertainment standpoint, that to me is, is, is my number one concern with this approach from a league standpoint is like, why would anybody honestly care? Well, so if the games, if the season was the same length and they went down to 50, 60 games, whatever it is, and th- this is never going to happen probably. So maybe we're wasting our time. But like if that stuff, if that did happen, I do think like these guys are competitors and like they want to go out, all things being equal, they want to go out and win. They just also understand the bigger picture. Like these guys are the top 0.0001% of like competitive people most of them. Mm-hmm. And so like they like they're just going to like they aren't just not you know, they aren't load managing in games or sitting out games because they don't want to win. Like it's because they want to stay healthy. And I think that there would be more of a balance with that if there was like like if they're playing 50 games, let's say, over the same time period or 60 games. Like all of a sudden it's like two games a week. Like you're going to feel pretty rested between those two games mm-hmm. and like then, you know, you're probably going to get higher quality basketball more often or even if, you know, there was a way to I mean there's probably not a way to do this for the longer season, so never mind, but like in in the bubble, we saw guys like we saw some of the best basketball we've ever seen because guys were not constantly Mm -hmm. having to travel and whatever and if you were spreading the season out if the Lakers played in Milwaukee or something and then they had another game against the Pistons four days later they could spend the night in Milwaukee they could take their time traveling to Detroit and they could have like a practice there to kind of do a film session and like you would start to see these games more individual game planning because it would be necessary to separate Mm -hmm. yourself from the pack you would start to see 
guys look more rested. Like, I, and I think the quality of the product would be better. And I think that in turn, maybe that does lead to more revenue down the line. Like, you'd probably take a hit up front. And that's easy for me to say when it's not my money. Um, and, you know, like, look, there's a lot of content that comes out of games that, you know, I would, from my job, would be inconvenienced by, like, not having games as frequently as they are. But, you know, arguing against my own self-interest, like, I think that the product would be better. I know that I would enjoy watching it more if it was a little bit spread out and each game felt more meaningful. So me, I, I think maybe is this what you're trying to get at? Is that, like, these yeah. games, like, you want to feel like they matter and the Lakers aren't putting forth the requisite level of effort to make you feel like you are investing your time well. Right. That's it. That's it. It's, it's just, like, from... Just from a fan's perspective, purely from the fan's perspective, I would say any team telling me, whether it's literally telling me or telling me through their actions, that the game that you're watching right now doesn't actually matter is a tough thing to swallow. It just it just is. I, I also and, think that there is, like, one of the things that we haven't talked about yet is kind of uh fact checking our own analysis from last year a little bit like what what was the one thing that we talked about throughout the playoffs it was well the lakers built these habits cuz they played hard every night they went after it every night and like they played every single game on defense like they wanted to win and they built the habits that are allowing them to win now they built the they built the familiarity with different lineups because they tried all of these things while trying to win experimenting to see what works so they could throw out what didn't and like you know what did we criticize the clippers for oh well when you barely practice and like you act (laughs) like you're the favorite all year like of course you're gonna struggle when you get punched in the mouth and again like i I think that it is different the lakers are the defending champs last year neither team was coming off of a championship so to some degree either team acting like that last year was a little bit unearned the lakers have earned a degree of that but Mm -hmm. we also have to acknowledge like the counterpoint of like what team seems to be taking every single game a little bit more seriously than maybe the Lakers are right now? Is it it's probably the Clippers? Yeah, right? the Clippers. Like, yeah. you know, and, and look, I'm not saying that this means like I'm changing my championship pick or anything like that. But like, you know, like there is, you know, we can't tell people that taking every game seriously matters and helps you build the habits for when you're going to win. Right. And then when the team doesn't do it, it's like, well, who cares? So I understand how it can sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth with that. I, I just think that the Lakers... Like, I think that they're still doing enough things and there's still enough context here where they're experimenting and trying so many different things to at least try and get the sample size on certain lineups and different strategies and whatever that I can see the value in what they're doing amid the short turnaround, expedited season, all of that. And so I guess that's where I'm coming from with all of that. Yeah, I mean, that that was going to be my next point is that like even while a win on a Tuesday night against anybody isn't really going to matter all that much. There is a ton of data that they have to be able to yeah. to figure out and then put to use when these games really do start to matter. More. And and like what do you do with last night or against Detroit? Like what like how much how much film of that can you not burn or even like for like right. how how much of that can you even have your you know your video guys watch without it being a hostile work environment? You know? Like Well like like last night for the show that Pete and I recorded on which you can find everywhere that you find podcasts. Stop. <laughs> I'm going to start. I, re- I literally am going to start bleeping these. I'm not it, even kidding. It would be great. People are going to think that I just went on and 
on a cursed laced <laughs> rant. <laughs> when really, all I'm doing is plugging, <laughs> which you can find everywhere you find this podcast. All right, that's it. I'm bleeping it. I'm ble- <laughs> you can say it as many times as you want. <laughs> but, but like, be you know, one of the se- one of the segments that we what that we had, and one of the things that we talked about was, hey, if Anthony Davis is going to miss any time with this tendinosis, uh, you know, are there is there anything that the Lakers can can do to be better defensively? while the centerpiece of their defense isn't out there. And, you know, the first thing that both and I said was hair, <laughs> right? I already like, knew what you were going to say. It's like, yeah, I, I mean, I can think of a couple things. You could try. I was like, how honest, how honest is corporate Pete? Well, was he going to be in this segment? Right. Like he was great. He was, you know, he just came out and said like, you know, just trying is step one. Uh, because really on defense, that's 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 a lot of times what separates some of these teams is 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 just the buy in and, and, and engagement level. So that's one thing. Um, and then and then the other thing, too, is, you know, because they aren't caring. There isn't any data that, that you can point to, like just in case AD gets into foul trouble in the postseason and all of the data that you have is from these games where you didn't care then what? Like, how are you going to know how to handle that situation come postseason time? I mean, to some and, degree, like, I mean, Trez tries every game. And so, mm-hmm. like, I, I think at least in that specific hypothetical, I think you're all right because you're going to have, like, decent data on, on him. But, yeah, you're right. There's well, larger lineup context and all but of if that. You, but like, if, you're, if, you're, if you're trying to improve your defense and, and your first thought is, well, Trez tries, like, that's <laughs> that's <laughs> a good point. Would, <laughs> you would you would hope that you have a couple pitches better in your in your arsenal than than Montrez Harrell, who yeah. like for all he's, I, he's I, was, I was referring specifically defensively. I just meant right, overall. Right. Yeah. But but like that's the that's the number one concern yeah. when you don't have AD is what do you do with this defense here? And so like that's one thing. And and then the other thing too, like we talked about at the beginning of the show is yes, the Lakers have looked overwhelming when they have tried, when they have really cared, and when they have really bought in. Problem is a lot of those overwhelming moments have come with a lot of the same iterations, lineups, and 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 combinations that you probably already thought the Lakers are going to be pretty good with. And then and then those times where they're super overwhelming, it's with those same tools, right? And that's kind of the Bucks problem is that the the, the Milwaukee Bucks for the last like three years have been one of the better regular season teams of my lifetime. <laughs> like, yeah. Like they have been incredible in terms of uh, point differential on, all, you know, like, like uh, n- n- net ratings and all of those things, like by any measure and by any metric, you're talking about one of the better regular season teams of all time. Problem is they're doing that in a lot of the same ways, night in, night out. And then when you get to the postseason and teams are good enough to force you to plan B, and you don't, you haven't worked on Plan B, or you don't have enough uh, data on Plan B. That's when you start to kind of run into it, right? And that's why we keep on seeing those Bucks teams fall flat on their face come postseason time. And 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 again, like I'm not, I want to be absolutely clear. I, by no stretch of the imagination, am saying that the Lakers are going to pull a Bucks in the postseason. Anthony We've hitting already- the panic button already. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I I am not saying that at all. At all, this team is way better than the Milwaukee Bucks been have been ever. <laughs> you know, like maybe maybe the Oscar Robinson and and uh, Kareem teams, you know, would would have. I a don't chance know, Anthony. Chris Middleton's a pretty underrated number two. 
<laughs> like this team, the, this Lakers team is legitimately special and they're going to be fine basically no matter how this falls out, right? Just part of it because of what we talked about a second ago with not really having a second best team that I'm really particularly worried about, right? Um, I'm just saying, you know, from, from a process standpoint, uh, you know, in regards to basketball, it's hard to actually accrue any data that you can put into effect when a lot of that data is skewed by energy. No, and so I think that that's honestly that's the best argument against what they're doing right now. I, I think I think that this really just hits on it. It's like how much are you really learning about the team doing this, and how many of the like how many levers that you knew you could pull last year are you not necessarily going to know about or not going to be able to because they don't have the experience together that. Like, that was a strength for the team last year was they had tried every lineup. They had tried, like, during games where they cared. They knew what combos worked. They knew what combos didn't. They knew which players worked well together. And, like, this year there is going to be probably more of those decisions are going to be being made on a, based on theoretical stuff versus we saw this. Yeah. And that's, that's, I mean, again, it's not the kind of thing that I will ever... We're, I, I'm, I, it's 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 tough because on one hand I'm the person saying, and I'm part of the problem here. To be completely honest, because yeah, even I, in last I always argue show, that no matter what the, the <laughs> no matter the context, yeah, just but no like, matter the context, Anthony is part of the problem. In last night's show, there was there was a these a specific exchange where Pete was like, "We're not going to care about this game three hours from now," and I'm like, "Pete, we're recording a show." on that game and i don't care right now like i'm part of, i'm part of the problem also great <laughs> don't great get me salesmanship wrong. from him on a show that people are going to be listening to the next morning about that game <laughs> well if, if they're listening then we already got you yeah they're and like midway through they're like ha tricked again <laughs> you got me <laughs> but but yeah i it's 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 not i don't think it's i know it's not ideal for the nba and Ratings have rebounded, and and the uh, world around us is is slowly and hopefully surely returning to normalcy, which is going to help with those ratings. But I do think, like, if the NBA wants to take that next step, they have to find a way to get people to care about a game between the Los Angeles Lakers and the Detroit Pistons on a Monday night. Or and one of the ways that they Oklahoma can actually City get us Thunder to- on a Monday or Wednesday night. Right, right, and 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 like when when you know part of part of one way that they can do that, part you know one way that they can convince fans to care about that game on a Wednesday night or a Monday night or whatever is to get their players to care about that game on a Monday or a Wednesday night. And I don't know how they do that when when inherently LeBron doesn't care whether he plays in Denver or he plays at Staples Center, whether he plays at Staples Center with purple and gold draperies or or with red white and blue draperies it, it, it's it's just something that they're going to have to to kind of deal with with lebron and some of the other players specifically well i mean the good news on that front for the nba is that i mean the good and bad news is that look as much as lebron can say that he's 36 and he feels fine and who knows how much longer he's going to play you can't imagine it's going to be like too too much longer and like you know when younger stars start to come into the league that you know there's going to be different mindsets from like LeBron's proven everything and also I, I don't particularly think that his effort has been the biggest issue or problem or worry this season yeah I yeah like he's cared yeah. more than any of them 
You know, like on a more con- on a night to night basis. Yeah, that's that's like, a good point. You know, that's a like really good point. He he's cared more than any of them, and like I thought that it was telling last night when he was asked if he was tired. He spent probably like like two minutes talking about how not tired he was, and then just basically said, "As far as my teammates, I can't speak for them." Now he was asked about, "Is this team tired?" But I did think that you know LeBron is very intentional when he talks, and that did. I raised my eyebrows a little bit. I was like, that's interesting that he would just mention that even, or even not just like gloss over it entirely as part of his answer. Cause normally like if he's going to only answer for himself, he just only answers for himself. He doesn't mention, you know, that mm-hmm. I can't speak to if my teammates are tired or not. So, yeah. I mean, I, is LeBron going to be talking to reporters <laughs> and saying we need an effing playmaker, uh, you know, in a couple games, like, <laughs> you know, who's to say, I mean, I, I, it has to be kind of frustrating, right, to be 36 years old and to push yourself the way that he obviously does and then look over and just see, like, Anthony Davis getting beat down the court by Brooke Lopez in the prime of his life. I'm like, huh. LeBron, this is the only time I've ever related to LeBron other than when he said he was uh, tired of shit after last night's game was, uh, like, that is strong, like, oldest college student in a group project energy is, like... <laughs> I mean, are are my teammates going to turn in what they're supposed to when they're supposed to? I have no idea. I, guess we'll I don't find trust out. these children. Like, but <laughs> I know I'm going to do my part and put up 30 and 10 in the group project. So the Harrison is just basically explaining what it's like to host a podcast with me. Well, that too. But do I, was, I know I if Anthony is going to be vertical? Just, uh, just to not completely <laughs> throw you under the bus. But am I sure Anthony isn't going to sound like he just had a stroke off the air? Who knows? Yeah. But we're going to try. We're going to try it. <laughs> and, you know, maybe he'll go eight for 10 on points and maybe he'll go two. Uh... <laughs> um, all right. I wanted, I wanted to get to this bit before we get out of here. Um, we always hear, and we're going to do a couple of versions of this over the course of the season, even coming back to this very version of it. Uh, we are going to have the conversation. The, in this case, it's going to be the MVP conversation. Cause you always hear about, you know, so-and-so should be a part of the MVP conversation. So-and-so should not. So-and-so should maybe be actually, you almost never hear that somebody should not be. In, I mean, in because that's insulting, right? Like no one's going to argue <laughs> that you shouldn't even mention that person's name, but we are going to do that on this show. Yeah. Right. So we are going to, we are going to have the official MVP conversation. Harrison, I'll let you kick it off. All right, so uh, Bradley Beal. No. All right, Steph Curry. No. Okay. Uh, Kevin Durant. Yes. All right, LeBron James. Yes. Okay. Nikola Jokic. Absolutely. Bring that fat ass of uh, an MVP. James Harden. (laughs) <laughs> of <bad> asses. <laughs> all right that's it we just had I, the... I, think, I think that's the end of the mvp conversation i'm like i'm scrolling the... through uh no no no. hold on actually i think there's all one right, more right. name here there's one more name all right why leonard okay Nope. I, the fact that i pause not in the conversation all right not, not having a, all the right. conversation you, you heard it here first Kawhi leonard re- removed from mvp consideration <laughs> right now <laughs> voters <laughs> Take it into account. He's out. Sorry. Sorry, Clippers fans. 
That was, I, yeah, look, nobody has trademarked the conversation. Harris and I just called dibs on it. So we just had the official MVP conversation. Over the course of the season, we're going to have the finals contenders or championship conversation. We are going to have the, I don't know, other other official conversations or unofficial conversations. Official we'll, we'll, assistant we'll leader conversations. <laughs> Show I don't know. I'm just being told that this is a recurring bit right now. So, like, my yes. m- your guess is as good as mine on when we are going to do this when again, <laughs> what we're going to talk about. But I'm sure Anthony will spring it on me five minutes before the show again. Yep. All right. <laughs> Until then, <laughs> have a great rest of your day, everybody. Make sure you guys are tuned in to all the other shows across this feed uh, to to keep this team covered as best we possibly can. And uh, Harris and I will talk to you guys next week. <laughs>